0: This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler
1: number one is Dr. Lee Friends. It stinks. What is going on? (laughs) What is going on?
2: Episode 82, Submission 1108 Blind Justice. Blind Justice here on ABC. From March 8th to June 21st, 2005, for a total of 13 episodes. Guys, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for this. Oh. I'm very sorry. This is, I, guys, this is the first show I think all three of us, when watching, tapped out and said, Nope, we're done. Can't do it. Can't do it. We can't. I, I, yeah, I sat through all 20 episodes of Xavier Renegade Angel. I sat through every episode of Second Chance 1987 slash Boys Will Be Boys. I got through the first three episodes and got to the last episode.
3: That was it. Done. I was, I was done after 20 minutes of the first episode. I mean, this takes um, some, to watch this, it takes some serious suspension of disbelief. And I just don't have it in me.
0: Yeah, I lasted about as long as Chico. I lasted about uh, maybe twenty minutes at most, and uh, then I said, "Nope, this is ridiculous. Not, nope, can't do it."
3: So, uh, a lot of this is going to be uh, just rehash and recap, but we will. But we did do our research, so we hope you'll revisit this in the future you'd be a whole lot better than than we are at it anyway. So what was this show about? Well, the show's called Blind Justice. So I'm guessing that justice is involved. Yes. And I'm guessing that blind justice is involved.
0: Yes. Yeah, justice is blind. Let's remember that.
3: Yeah. Yes. Um... It was a police procedural, which was big at the time. But and, done, was... and done by the, one of the greats of the genre. Steven Bochco, yes. Yeah. NYPD Blue, baby. NYPD Blue. In fact, this show took the spot that was left by NYPD Blue. Yeah, a lot of good that did.
0: Uh-huh. And like we mentioned in the last episode, for every good one, there's got to be a bad one. So for every. Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blue, you've got a blind justice and you've got a definite future installment cop rock. Hey,
2: for every Doogie Howser MD, you get one capital critters.
0: Uh-huh. There you go.
3: Steven Bochco basically got the idea of this show where he was listening to, uh, trying to remember what the name of the band was. It was
2: the Blind Boys of Alabama.
3: The Blind Boys of Alabama. And they were in concert, and he was just noticing how incredibly, inherently, sort of, they're, 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 they had heightened proprioception, the Blind Boys of Alabama. They came and staged, they, they were basically one unit, and they just performed like it was nothing. I don't know how you get a cop show out of that, but Stephen Botchko just looked at ABC and said, it ain't like any cop show you've ever seen before
2: and somehow people at abc were like okay we'll give you 13 episodes
3: and so 13 episodes and it was uh, and they and they ordered it as a mid-season replacement but it ended up airing when did it start ending up yep it aired in mid-season sure enough more chief mm mm-hmm. mhm they needed something to plug up that hole of uh, NYPD blue left. What can I say?
2: Yeah. So what is Blind Justice about? Well, guys, buckle up because this is this is without a doubt the dumbest. I I'd say this is the most ridiculous plot for a series ever. Okay. Here we go. A New York City police detective named Jim Dunbar and his partner are ambushed by a gunman with an AK-47. Three other officers are out of ammunition, and Dunbar's partner is frozen in fear, so Dunbar takes action, but also takes a bullet, which leaves him blind. All of this is covered in the first uh, minute of the pilot, by the way. Yes. He sues the police force and is allowed to keep his job despite his blindness. He's partnered with Detective Karen Bettencourt, who doubts his ability to effectively do his job. He also must deal with self-doubt and his wife Christie's doubts by seeing a psychiatrist.
3: All of this is covered in the second minute of the pilot.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, if you've seen the first two minutes of the show, you got this, the gist of the series. Okay, that's it, everybody. Thank you.
3: <laughs> I thought I thought Regis's The Neighbors was simple to explain. Nope. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, uh, Blind Justice basically is a sort of police procedural where the lead is. Stop me if you've heard this one. Blind.
2: He's blind. Cause get it? It's Blind Justice. And the the detective is blind. But apparently he can still do his job. He can still... So it's basically it's Daredevil without all the superhero stuff.
3: Yeah. It's Daredevil without all the uh, super... Yeah. He He even has some of the uh, special effects used on Daredevil.
2: And by Daredevil we mean the Netflix series not the Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. Even though this was like two years after the Ben Affleck Daredevil.
3: Mm-hmm. You know what? we have to talk we've talked about how it became to be. We talked about what the show is about. yeah, now we have to talk about who was actually on the show.
2: Oh, this is going to be all right, so we have Ron Eldard playing the lead role in Detective Jim Dunbar, so he's our mm-hmm. blind justice man.
3: Now take it now. I just want to point this out ron Ron Eldard. Completely sighted.
2: Yep. Yes, they didn't actually get a blonde guy for this show, folks.
3: Mhm. But they, but they did end up getting the guy who would be in future installments. Men behaving badly. Oh,
2: he's the guy. Yo, he's the guy that was with Rob Schneider in the American version. Yes. Oh my God! How did I not realize that?
3: There you go. Oh my goodness.
2: He was also on future installment, Bakersfield PD. Well, I'll tell you this much. Ron Eldard, he was no Morton Clunes.
3: Uh,
2: See what I did there?
3: Yeah, I totally saw, saw what you just there. Because... I was referencing the UK version of Men Behaving Badly,
2: starring the guy who plays Dark Morton.
3: That would be the guy that Ron Eldard plays in Men Behaving Badly. Now, playing his wife, Christy, is Rita Sofer, who would be on Future Installments Coupling. She played Susan. Oh, that's she, wasn't, amazing. she wasn't the original choice for Susan, but she played Susan.
2: Oh, that'll be fun when we get to the Coupling US.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: I'm looking on her wiki at her filmography. Uh-huh she played a role on a TV movie called Saved by the Bell, Hawaiian style. Yes,
1: yes, she did. Yes, she did.
0: That better be on the list. Oh, it is on the list. It was
2: long on the list. It was like one of the first things on the list. Oh, you're
0: damn right. So she was on that, too. <laughs> yeah. She
3: played the uh, hottie of the week that Zach was trying to get into. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> Zach Morris is trash. trash. Yeah, yeah. We, we knew and, that was coming after you said that, yes. And, and hey,
2: you know, <laughs> Zach Morris, the tied Back in, was on the final couple of seasons of NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. There Boga. you go. Yep.
0: He was with Stipowicz. And then playing Detective Karen Betancourt, was one Marisol Nichols. Yeah. That, that, that name sounds familiar for some reason. Oh, yeah, she's uh, on a little show nowadays called Riverdale. Oh,
3: yeah. Twin Peaks meets the Archievers. Yeah, which also yes. has Madge and
2: Amique.
0: Yes. And uh, we should also add that she uh, is going to pop up on future installment GCB.
2: Mm-hmm. Good, good.
0: Which stands for. It stands for Good
2: Christian
3: Bitches.
0: <laughs> I oh, among other things, yes.
3: <laughs> okay, and another partner of Jim's is Detective Tom Selway, who's played by Reno Wilson, who also plays a police officer in Mike and Molly.
0: Okay, I know who that is, Yeah. And
3: but he's more but he's known more more day more these days for being a voice actor. Yes. I was going through his wiki page. He's done a lot of voice acting. Yeah. Uh he's done Final he's done like three Final Fantasy
0: games. Ooh.
3: He's done Operation Flashpoint, Red River, Star Wars, The Old Republic.
0: Yeah, I know I've seen that name on the credits for American Dad.
3: Yep, And he's also in future installment Friday the Animated Series.
0: They did a
2: Friday Animated Series. They did a Friday Animated Series. Okay, well, I have one hope. They better have gotten Tiny Zeus Lister to play Debo in the Friday Animated Series or else, no. Not going to bother. Mm-mm. Because no Zeus, no. But, but Chico, you're going to love this. I'm lo- I'm listening. Play playing Reno Wilson's partner as Detective Morty Russo, Frank Grillo, the guy from uh, the second um... Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah, in the third Captain America movie, he played Crossbones, and he was in the uh, the purge sequels too. Okay, so, so that's a name. That that is that is indeed a name. I, I didn't recognize him without the facial hair, so it was kind of kind of jarring to see Frank Roa with no facial hair.
3: Oh, I remember. It was the second Purge movie. Yeah. Next is Lieutenant Gary Fisk, who Jim had to sue to get back on the force, played by Michael Gaston, who is also, who is Known mostly for being in, um, mostly for being on Broadway, but he played Mr. Markle on The Adventures of Pete and Pete, the first episode. Okay. So if you remember that, yeah.
0: Finally, we have Dr. Alan Galloway, who was played by Saul Rubinek. Yes, that's Saul Rubinek. <laughs>
3: that's Saul Rubinek. Yeah, that's Saul Rubinek.
0: Well, actually, uh, it looks like he had a somewhat recurring role on Bazaar, the John Biner show, mm-hmm. because uh, Wikipedia lists him being in twenty-four episodes. And oh, uh, well, I believe this is a future installment. He was on twenty-two episodes of Ink. I'm pretty sure that's an installment. That's already been uh, on there. Oh yeah, that's been
3: on. That's been on there. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and, and also just just to add a better TV show, he uh, portrayed Donnie Douglas on Frasier. All right, fifteen episodes. I mean, that's not insignificant. Yeah,
2: and of course you can watch all Frasier on Peacock. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, and it shows up on uh, on Hallmark Channel at like four in the morning. Oh, really? That's that's awesome. That's oh, great. Yeah, yeah if, if you're going through some uh, insomnia, you can either watch. Frasier on Hallmark or you can go watch Garfield and Friends on Boomerang yes just, I just, my, you- just my recommendation for the insomniacs out there you're
2: better than watching this that's for damn sure uh, alright so let's get into the recaps alright this is all thanks to tv.com they managed to have details somebody with- at
3: tv.com actually sat through all of the episodes
2: uh, we thank that person, whoever he is. Okay. Indeed. First, the pilot. After Jim Dunbar loses his eyesight during a gunfight, the rehabilitated homicide detective attempts to return to active duty at a new precinct. Facing opposition and doubt from his coworkers and a lieutenant, he's regulated to handling a car theft case with Detective Karen Betancourt. Dunbar soon discovers that the recovered missing car might be connected to a larger, ongoing serial homicide investigation.
3: In other words, it's your standard pilot. Yeah, it 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 has all sorts of stuff.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it has that's... plot development and character development.
2: Yeah, it's about mm-hmm. hey, this guy's blind, folks. We, we want to. It's like
3: the sooner you, the sooner you come to grips with that, the better off we'll all be.
2: Yeah. And there's, like, one point in, like, the pilot where, like, he's, like, the only person in the room, Detective Dunbar, and he's, like, trying to navigate through the, through the frickin' police precinct, like, by himself so he can know where everything is, so he can get an eye, map it in his head. Because that is awesome. Yeah. It's actually, it's a pretty cool sequence. The way it's edited together.
0: The funny thing is, that's about the time where I turned it off. It's like, nope, can't handle it. Thank you for playing. Nope. <laughs> no. Mike's,
2: <laughs> for those who can't see, for those who obviously can't see us, because we're recording on Zoo, Mike's snuggling with his Wheel of Fortune blanket on.
3: Uh, he has yet to throw it over his head so he can hide from God. So we've got, oh, there he goes. There he goes. He's hiding his shame from God yeah okay this
0: is this is true blind justice right here <laughs>
3: <laughs> definitely, okay, all right, all right, episode two, four feet under the mounting frustration and pressure for Jim to prove himself and make things work as a detective and a person creates more attention with his colleagues and Karen as they collectively investigate the murder of a young boy. Jim's insecurities also begin to seep into his personal life at a dinner party with Christie's co-workers when, out of jealousy, he threatens his wife's boss, whom he believes was trying to flirt with her. His behavior puts additional strain on the marriage, and it brings up unresolved issues for Christie about his past infidelity.
2: Yeah, because he was unfaithful to his wife
3: once. It's always one time. It's always. always one time. Yeah.
2: Oh guys. But here we go. Episode three, rubber tub tub. And coincidentally, rubber tub tub is the title of a future TV movie about Robert Kraft.
3: <laughs>
0: Dude, that was
3: bad. Greg, that was bad, and you should feel bad.
0: No, he shouldn't. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, as I said last week when I made my Woody Johnson joke, sorry not sorry. I'm just gonna go after every racist NFL owner from here on in. I'll 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 have a diss on on Jerry Jones. I'll have a diss on Dan Snyder. Yeah, Dan Snyder, you're on watch. Yeah, you're gonna get burned on this podcast, baby. As Mike takes a sip in his sippy cup.
0: Sippy cup. Does this look like a sippy cup?
3: Oh, oh, oh my God, put that away. Put that away.
0: Sippy cup.
2: All right, Rubber Tub Tub. The 8th Precinct is distraught when one of their detectives from the anti-crime unit is found murdered. Carl Desmond was shot in the head and his body was thrown in a dumpster. His colleagues and grieving widow Mary Beth suspects that his murder was an act of revenge by someone he had previously put away. Karen is put in charge of the case, as she and the rest of the detectives must tread carefully in the investigation into the murder of one of their own. When Mary Beth's past infidelities come to life, Tom and Marty investigate a married man named Don Bellamy, whom she was having an affair with. While going in a different direction, Karen and Jim put their reputation on the line with other cops at their squad when their main suspect is Carl's partner, Eric, who had put in a request for a transfer the week before the murder. In the midst of the investigation, a frustrated Jim confronts Morty, who is purposely making things difficult for him by rearranging the squad so that he would walk and bang into the office furniture. That's not good. Ah!
0: That's not good. I'm sorry, good. that's great. That's, that's not
2: good. That's awesome.
0: That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
2: Okay, one thing I want to note, now I mentioned there's a guest star in episodes two and three. Now, this, this person was probably somewhat well-known yet, but it was surprising to see this person as a guest minor guest star in episodes two and three. Playing a corner in episodes two and three. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Jane Lynch. Oh, wow, God, I, I love Jane Lynch. Yes. And the thing, the reason that's so surprising is because this is, what, 2005? This would uh-huh. have been, like, what? Like, she she was probably already, she had already done, like, best in show, and wasn't she in a mighty wind? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: best of show would have been like 2000, so this yeah. is definitely after Best in Show.
3: Yeah. But this is like 3 or 4 years before Glee if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: 4 4 years before Glee,
2: yeah. That just took me by surprise. I'm like, "Wow. Jane
3: Lynch, really? In 2005? I love Jane Lynch."
2: Oh, yeah. Jane Lynch is like a national treasure.
3: I love her and I love her in Glee. I loved her in Hollywood Game Night, and I loved her in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
2: Hey, I, lo- I liked her in uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Heard and and he may too. just
0: like her in the reboot of Weakest Link.
2: Maybe that'll be a future entry, the Weakest Link reboot with Jane Lynch. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Hopefully it'll be good. Fingers crossed. I'm just glad we'll have the Weakest Link back on TV.
3: Episode 4. Up on a roof.
0: Up on a roof. Up on a roof. Up on a roof.
3: (laughs) Up on a roof is the name of the episode. The pivotal moment where Terry Jansen, his former partner, failed to step up and take out the bank robber, continues to haunt Jim as he's forced to relive losing his eyesight in a recurring nightmare. This is the first minute of the pilot, by the way. Jim struggles to move on with his life, but a joint investigation with the 77th Precinct pairs him and his current colleagues with Terry and another detective as they investigate the murder of two gang members. Oh, man. So this is where you get into the meaningful PTSD discussions. Yeah. And the the ramifications of heavy-duty police work.
2: Yeah. That sort of stuff. Episode 5, Marlin's Brando. Oh, this is going to be fun to read. Two women are brutally raped and their faces have been branded with a deep, jagged cut by their attacker. See, I told you, when I said this was going to be fun, I meant this is going to be really awful. The detectives interview a white supremacist in prison. Oh, joy, a white supremacist named Leonard Mattis who might be connected somehow with the attacks due to him being related to the victims through blood and marriage. He denies any involvement. They don't believe him, as Mattis's range of power and connections in and out of prison is a major factor in these assaults. Meanwhile, Jim's patience begins to wear thin, as his growing agitation over Morty's actions against him becomes more apparent to the other detectives in the precinct. Also, the fear of no longer being someone who is adequate enough to be there for and protect his wife and partner begins to take hold as the investigation potentially endangers Karen and causes Jim to sporadically visualize Christy as a victim.
0: Greg, I'm suddenly reminded of something you mentioned before the show. Who the real MVP of the series was? Oh yeah,
2: his seeing eye dog. His seeing eye dog was great. I can s st-
0: I can sort of tell that after hearing these recaps. Hank.
3: Hank the fight the sea guy dog was I, Hank.
2: Yeah. I wonder if Hank ever uh wonder if Hank and Pachinski ever uh exchange phone calls with each other. Hmm.
3: I don't know.
2: <laughs> and Mike just put on his wheel for Like, <laughs> and it is shaking his head. Like uh, I can't I can't believe you said that. Which is a future entry, by the way, of John Sally, but we're not going to talk about that. Right oh, now. God. Is that... Did, did we put that on the list?
3: Uh, I'm going to put it on the list right now.
0: Good. As you actually it, made a reference to Pachinsky.
2: I did. And by the way, Mike, still, just remember, I want you to remember this. One day, One day. Wasn't enough time. It was all because of St. Peter. Remember that.
3: One day is not enough time. It was all because
2: of St. Peter.
3: There you go.
2: We'll talk about St. Peter again soon.
3: Anyway. Episode 6. Soul Man. Wait.
2: Soul Man? The show with Dan Aykroyd? No. No, but that's on the
3: list, too. <laughs>
2: right, it's, all, it's, on... re- it's already online. Okay, okay,
3: cool. But yeah, this is Soul, spelled S-E-O-U-L, man. Jim's doubts and fears begin to weigh heavily on him after a serial murderer just claimed his fourth victim bumps into him while he was on his way to work and escapes. He believes that if he still had his sight he would have been able to apprehend the suspect. This belief is reinforced by Marty's snide comments and the chief of detectives reprimanding Jim for pulling out his weapon in public. The facade of being in control and everything is all right begins to fall apart as Jim struggles to come to terms with the fact that he is no longer the same person he was a year ago. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Fisk attempts to intercede between Marty and Jim as the animosity between the two escalates to an all-new level.
0: What does that have to do with Seoul, South Korea?
3: I have no idea. Blame the guy who recapped this for TV.com. I'm guessing it was Koreatown in New York City. I don't know.
2: Like we said, all of us couldn't get through it. So you're going to have to accept... It, there are, all the episodes are on YouTube, so you figure it out. <laughs> Episode 7, Leap of Faith. Sam Birglass, who had sought a couple years ago to put away his former swim coach, Warren Doyle, for molesting him when he was a teenager, is found dead after falling seven floors from his apartment window. Ripped FROM THE HEADLINES! <laughs> Jim was previously part of the investigation into the deceased claims of abuse, which failed to make a conviction as the case was thrown out due to the lack of evidence. He suspects that Doyle is somehow involved in Sam's death and crusades to have him brought to justice. As the evidence begins to mount against Doyle, Jim believes that he may not be guilty of this crime as something is off about the circumstances surrounding the death. Still certain that the man they have in custody is a child molester, Jim debates whether he and Karen should investigate further and seek out evidence that could put this man back on the streets and endanger the lives of other children. Meanwhile, Karen begins happily dating a nightclub owner, but Jim learns from a former colleague that this new guy may not be what he seems as he has an unsavory secret past. Mm. Everybody yep. has an
3: unsavory past now, it seems like. I just want to know what Hank's doing. Hank's, Hank's up in here being a dog.
2: Yeah. Like, you go out, do your detective stuff, Jim. I'll just be here looking my face.
3: Yeah. He'll, he's licking his face. Let's go with that. Episode 8, Past Imperfect. Nick receives an ultimatum from Jim to either reveal the dark past to Karen or he will do it for him. Infuriated by this whole no-way-out scenario, he promises instead to break off the relationship. Later, after finding his car vandalized, the golf buddy of the deputy mayor uses that connection to involve the reluctant detectives of the 8th Precinct in his nasty battle with an ex-girlfriend for custody of their son. In the midst of all this, Greg Hermanson, an old friend of Jim who served with him in the Gulf War, comes to visit and purge his soul of something that has been slowly eating at him for years. I don't know what it is either. Sorry. And
2: we don't care. Episode 9 in your face. Fact and fiction get all jumbled up in a homicide case involving a man who is shot in the face with a shotgun when the detectives learn of the victim's past activities and discover inconsistencies in the widow's story. Meanwhile, Karen gives Jim a hard time for not going to her first with the information about Nick's past. Okay, one thing I want to note, the guest star in uh, episode nine, In Your Face.
1: Mm-hmm. All, right. Uh-huh. All
2: right? Get ready, because this, this, is, this is someone who's going to come up in a future entry.
0: What's this, this is about? a mind blower. I can verify that.
2: Okay, Zachary Quinto. What? <laughs> That's right. Saur from Heroes and Spock himself, and of future installment, the slap.
3: What? Oh wait, I know about. The, I know about the slap. The I, slap. I, I, I also wanted to put the damn thing on the list. It's all. We've already put the slap long on the list, buddy.
2: It's I like know. But oh my god. When we get to the slap, Spock is gonna slap you! Spock is gonna slap the shit out of a kid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh boy. And it's gonna be hilarious. That is, that, that is, that is a future entry for, uh, for another day, of course. Oh my god. When... Oh, oh, oh no! Oh no! What? Episode 10.
2: Oh, no, I don't...
3: Oh, I I almost don't want to read this, but I I have to, so... Doggone. Oh. Much to the dismay of the detectives at the 8th Precinct, Jim's informant steps up a drug deal with Debbie Diamond, the girlfriend of his recently murdered second cousin. Sonny believes that this will help the police in their homicide investigation by giving them good leverage to apprehend and keep Debbie at the squad for questioning about his cousin's murder. The only problem with this deal is that he scheduled it to take place in a few hours with a blind man interested in purchasing the drugs. Uh Oh, no. You won't believe what happens! Oh, I'm just... Yeah. Dunbar poses as a drug dealer while trying to solve a murder, but thugs beat him up and steal his guide dog. That's where it, okay. No. Don't why why would you do why would you why, do that to why? Poor Hank.
2: Poor That's Hank. Poor, what did he what did he what did he ever do? What, to, what, what, what did Hank ever do to you? Yeah, what did the dog ever do to these drug dealers? That's
3: just sad.
0: And then when they can't find Hank, they get a suitable replacement. Puchinski.
3: Oh!
0: Stop Everybody it. loves somebody sometime.
2: Greg, get me out of this. Episode 11, Dance With Me. After a recommendation from Dr. Galloway to temporarily put aside the problems in their marriage before going to couples counseling, Christy and Jim set out on a quest to search for a fun and comforting activity to do that will bring them closer together. Artie Steckle, the man who found Hank, asked Jim to talk to his nephew, Pete, who has given up on living his life to the fullest after gradually becoming blind due to disease. Jim attempts to show Pete who wants no help and only to be left alone and that there are options out there where he can learn to cope and live a normal life with his blindness. Meanwhile, an elderly woman is found dead in her bedroom after it was consumed by an arson set fire. The main suspect is the landlord, who's also a firefighter. Oh this is rigged right here, folks. The main suspect's a landlord, and he coincidentally happens to be a firefighter. No good. Which creates NG,
3: no good.
2: Which creates friction as it stirs up old feelings in a conflict of cops versus firefighters. When he accuses Marty of being biased towards him in the investigation, due to his profession.
3: Hey, hey, Greg. Yeah. You're 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 a New Yorker.
2: I'm a Long Islander.
3: You're a Long Islander, but you're a New York adjacent. Yeah. Can you remind everybody what the relationship between NYPD and FDNY is one more time?
2: It's like the Bloods and the Crips.
3: Yeah. Episode 12. Under the Gun. Uh Uh-oh. While Jim is having dinner with Christy at a restaurant, another patron makes a derogatory statement directed towards her. When Jim asks this person to apologize, the man refuses and then attacks him, which leads to an all-out brawl in the restaurant. In the midst of all this chaos, the satchel containing Jim's firearm is stolen. Unnerved by the whole situation, Jim seeks the help of his colleagues, who all agree to search for the missing weapon. The, The issue of whether Jim should carry a gun or not again comes into play as things go from bad to worse when it's suspected that his revolver might have been used by an unknown assailant To murder a 17-year-old boy. Wait. With connections to drug dealers.
2: Oh, what a shocker, folks. I'm I'm shocked.
3: This is... I'm shocked. There is gambling going on in this establishment. Yeah. You're winning, sir. Thank you. Uh,
2: All right. So, of course, we get to the final episode. Episode thirteen, fancy footwork. Now, this this episode aired. Now, the twelfth episode aired on May thirty first, two thousand five. This episode was burned off on June twenty first, two thousand five, and this is gonna. This is unbelievable. You know what? It was
3: burned off after Game six of the NBA Finals.
2: Yeah, Chico burned off after Game six of the NBA Finals between the Spurs and the Pistons, and. This episode was not even shown on the East Coast. They aired it on the West Coast after Game 6. It was such... They didn't even... It was, so it was in one area of the country they burned off the final episode. And because it was a regional broadcast, technically, it didn't even get a national rating.
3: Nope.
2: No. Okay. The so region- what happened on
3: this episode? Yeah.
2: Dunbar investigates the murder of a boxing promoter. And then, to follow up on the previous episode, he tries to decide if he should give up carrying the gun. And you know what, guys? He decides he's going to give up carrying the gun. And he gets a round of applause, like great job, Jim!
3: Yeah! yeah. Cue cool uh, clear the, clear the uh, video of Leonardo DiCaprio just applauding.
2: Yeah you're blind and you're not going to accidentally shoot people with a gun. Good on you, Jim. And the last scene is like him dancing with his wife. And it's all like black and white. Yeah. That's how the show ends.
3: Mhm. So it seems like there was a lot of a lot of things going on here with a lot of solid leads and the creative power of Stephen Bodico. I just have to ask what went wrong? But then again, I'm looking at who wrote the darn thing, and it, it seems like, was this one of those, uh, one of those deals where the, uh, the executive producer with all the muscle just puts his name on it, and lets whatever happen, happen?
2: Yeah, it's probably what it is.
3: Like, Steven Spielberg on Tiny Toons and Animaniacs?
2: Yeah, he's like, here's the and, uh, idea.
3: Matt Olmsted and Nicholas Wooten just weren't strong writers?
2: Yeah, it's like here's the idea. You guys run with that whatever.
3: So it seems like that's what happens. Meanwhile, I I ha- I see I seem to have a uh, I seem to have both a good and a bad review here. Okay. Okay. Uh Alessandra Stanley of the New York Times said that Blind Justice is at its best when portraying how people react to the character Jim Dunbar. Makes sense. Her review, or the scenes at the precinct when he first returns to work are intelligently and delicately written. His heroism and the groundbreaking lawsuit he filed turns him into a celebrity cop, and his colleagues on the force greet him with graceless courtesy and palpable resentment. Dunbar is blind, but in a previous generation, he could have been black or female, or, and encountered a similar kind of churlishness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, that 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 makes sense. On the other hand, you have Robert, Blanc- Robert Bianco of USA Today, who said, As bad ideas go... Oh, Greg, you're going to like this. As bad ideas go, blind justice's gun-toting blind guy isn't even a patch on some of the truly awful concepts that have made it to series. And uh, Matthew Gilbert of the Boston Globe said... Detective Dunbar might as well be wearing a, role, a note pinned to his back reading, I have courage, integrity, and kids really like me. Blind Justice settles for the sort of nobler-than-thou portrayal that marred the final seasons of and NYPD Blue. In the episode set to critics, the murder suspects are straight out of central casting, from the wigged-out serial killer to the abusive dad. Ultimately... They seem to be there merely to provide our knight in shining armor, APU, hard to miss targets. Uh, Greg, uh, if, which side are you on on this? I I
2: don't understand why that. Why I'm guessing the only reason this went to series was because of Steven Bochko Because obviously flexed. He flexed. He's, he, flexed. He's, he flexed his muscle to get this on schedule. But what this is like this is like one of the stupidest concepts I've ever
3: heard for a show. He gets shot he's blind. He gets shot in a place where I saw the clip in the pilot. If he was shot there I mean if he was shot really there, he would have been dead.
2: he would have been dead and and yeah, he would have been straight up dead. Would have been straight up dead. That would have been the end of the series. After two minutes, done. Done. Done.
3: Easy. Done. Yeah. But Instead, he's just blind.
2: He's now blind. Like, oh, he got shot, he's blind. And the NYPD boy's like, uh, oh, we don't want him. we don't want to lose a lot of money. Let's just bring him back on the force. Yeah. What? I don't want to make a comment considering these times, but I mean, yeah, But
3: uh, Mike, Mike, you you have anything to say about this?
0: Why, yes, I do. It's time for eBay prices right Are you kidding? Yeah, believe it or not, I found something that ties into the TV show. This is a DVD. This is given to uh, voting members of the Hollywood Television Academy uh, to pick nominees for uh, that year's awards. And this is a DVD of the first three episodes, The Pilot, Four Feet Under, and Rub-A-Tub-Tub.
2: Oh, awesome.
0: Now, this this sold... Just
2: what I want, Rub-A-Tub-Tub.
0: Now, this sold on June 24th, okay? okay? All right. We're going to start with Chico, since we started with Greg last time.
3: Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, – now, this is a Screeter DVD, so I'm going a to go – Screeter
0: DVD of three episodes, yes. This you know means-
3: what? I'm going to go with uh, 1420.
0: Four twenty. Uh, <laughs> didn't you go fourteen
3: twenty okay. last time?
2: Uh, no, I went. He four- went.
0: No, he went fifteen forty last time.
2: Oh. So he's going. Four, right. four. So, so wait, so how much four- did he go for? Fourteen twenty.
0: Fourteen twenty. One dollar, Bob. Oh, Ooh. bold move. So bold four- move,
3: Cotton. <laughs> let's see how it plays out for
0: him. Yeah, let's see if that bold strategy worked. 1420 for Chico and Greg went one dollar again. Cuz Greg thinks nobody would ever pay fourteen twenty for this DVD. Well, oh. guess what, Greg? You're wrong. $21.99. Who pays $21.99 for a screener DVD? Somebody did. It sold. Who does that? It, it sold for $21.99.
2: That's pathetic.
0: Okay, That's let's sad. let's get to the real. Let's get
2: to the real reason, because this was my show. Okay, okay. Here's my. All right, so guys, here's Greg's blind justice. Here's my blind justice. Damn it! <music> Your guys are bidding on a handmade European bronze statue. A blind justice. Yes, you are bidding on a handmade statue from Europe in bronze of the blind justice statue. Ooh. Okay. So, guys, so this will not be dollars and cents. You're just bidding straight up dollars. Okay. So I will start the bidding with Mike.
0: Okay, you said it's handcrafted. Okay, and, and you said solid bronze. And your handcrafted European European. solid
3: bronze statue. Yes.
0: Okay, so so this had to be money then because it's not cheap doing that by hand. Um, Does it say anything about weight or height or size? I'm just reading what it says in the description. Okay. Well, I think it's going to have some sort of value, so I'm going to say... I'm going to say 149 even.
2: Okay. Chico, your bid. I love you, Mike. 150 The price of the handmade European bronze statue of blind justice. $205.
0: Yay. That's an expensive paperweight.
2: I'll guarantee you this. When we get the life-size statue of McLean Stevenson, that's going to look like nothing compared to that.
0: Oh, when we get the life-size McLean Stevenson statue, I'm going to put a bandana around his head so he's blind justice. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get like a
2: Hulk Hogan bandana. We'll tie it around the McLean Stevenson statue.
3: Just get a set of scales. You're good to go.
2: Yeah. But guys blind justice Uh, they had justice and it was blind you know what guys Mm -hmm. in 2005 on ABC in a year where ABC was, was coming back from Aaron millionaire from like four nights a week and they were recovering from the overload of millionaire They came back with Lost and Desperate Housewives. They had Blind Justice and Guys. It certainly was a thing on TV.
3: Yep. That dog, dog, though.
2: Oh, Hank. He's the real star of the show.
3: Hank made that show.
2: Yeah. It should have been a spinoff show involving Hank. I would watch the crap out of it.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: It was 15 years earlier. It was a pilot called Puczynski. Uh,
3: well, you can hear more about Puczynski and all the other shows that we've done so far at our website. It was a thing on tv.com. There you'll find more about the show, more about us, all of our social feeds on Jack Dorsey's hate box, Mark Zuckerberg's hate box, Instagram, Tumblr, Mike's discord. And of course, our good friends at the Place to Be Nation pop beat.
2: Because if you're listening to this on Place to Be Nation pop, this is the end of the episode. We got another episode like scheduled this week, but this is like in the middle. That ep- that second episode you heard on Place to Be Nation pops the middle, but in our regular timeline, it's the next one after this. I know it's confusing, but whatever. But yeah, in the latest drop that came out this week, we had Kondo and the Noel Edmonds show, and that was. Those were some fun times there. Both of those episodes, Santa Maria, <laughs>
3: Santa Monica. Interesting thing, we were talking about the Noel Edmonds show, and it actually got a a, a, a few good hits on our uh, Facebook on our Facebook feed.
2: Yeah, because we got like a what was it? It was Allison who commented on our
0: Facebook feed saying about yeah,
3: yeah, and um, and yeah, she said. He actually thought he could beat Johnny Carson in the ratings.
0: So adorable.
2: Yeah. In the 1980s, cocaine was a hell of a drug.
3: Everybody, th- everybody thought they could beat Johnny Carson in the ratings.
2: Yeah. Just ask Alan thick.
3: What do we have next time? Let me see if I can't drag Greg back in here. Yo, Greg! What do we got next time? He doesn't know either.
0: Uh, oh, I, so, <laughs> what do we have next time? Oh, oh my gosh. We, if you thought we went off the rails. Oh the last no. Five, yeah. If you thought we went, went off the rails the last five minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going to go completely off the rails next week. Uh, both shows. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, wow. You know what? That, that's all buckle I can say. Up. is wow. Buckle
3: up! Buckle up! It's gonna be a ride. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's gonna be a fun ride. Um, we got two. Oh, one of them I know Greg has been eagerly waiting for for the better part of probably about three or four months. But actually, both of them are gonna be like really hilarious shows because they're they're both. So amazingly great entries. Oh. Uh well, the first one is something that all three of us are giant fans of, so we'll definitely uh, go into a really uh deep dive into that one.
2: Yeah. Hey, hey Saddam Hussein. I hate you. I hate all of you. That's your hint.
0: And I'm not going to no. give a hint for the other episode because oh, if no. I do, I'm going to die laughing. I'm going to literally he, die. He laughing. he'll just be out of it. He he'll he, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm going
2: to give you one. I'm going to tease you with this. When I read the title of episode 84, it literally might take a half hour for me to try to finish the title.
0: I I might have to do the read for that episode. It might be,
2: you know, remember when Charlie Steiner was trying to describe Carl Lewis singing the national anthem?
0: Francis got off key. (laughs) Yeah. And he
2: couldn't stop laughing. That's going to be me.
0: It very well could be, yes. But that's all coming up next week. Right here on It Was a Thing on TV.
1: Wow! Boy, how about that ABC? You know, this is unbelievable. A couple of years ago, they were in such bad condition. Nobody was watching. They were in such poor shape. They were losing money left and right. Things were so bad at ABC that they actually invited Paul and I to go over there and do the show. (laughs) They were, That's how bad they were. They, they were that desperate. Man, <laughs> but but now they've bounced back. They have the the wonderful uh, blockbuster show Lost and Found, and then they have a. I'm sorry. I think it's just Lost. Oh, oh Lost. Oh, isn't it? oh, I thought it was. Uh, you lost. Right. Yeah. I think it's lost. And, and then they uh, followed that up with Careless Housewives, and now I thought, well, Desperate Housewives. Everybody. They know. have a, a brand new show called Blind Justice. Blind Justice. This That's is amazing. Have you yeah. folks seen Blind Justice? What is that one? Well, um, it's it's about a, a devoted cop uh, who believes he can still do some good uh, work on the force, even though he he's, has no sight. Oh. He's a sightless policeman. I see. Still out there, pounding the beat, uh, f- busting up crime, and, and arresting thugs. It's called Blind Justice, Justice. and it's a blockbuster hit. Here, take a look at a promo for this upcoming show. Watch. Don't come any closer. I swear I'll shoot. Just put the gun down and let's talk this out. Stop talking. Drop the gun. Leave me no choice. Thank you.